Well, what's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. Today I have David Moreno, who is two months into being an EVP strategy lead at BBDO Atlanta. Prior to that, David was Managing Director of Strategy and Insights at VMLYNR. And this is part of our series where we're trying to investigate, well, we are investigating, we're trying to, but we also are investigating agencies that have a history of doing very effective work. BBDO is listed in the FE index as a very high performer in effectiveness. Most of us would expect that because BBDO has such a great reputation. But what's going to be a little unique, I think, about this interview is David will work with us to compare and contrast his time at VML YNR with BBDO. So we'll discuss the agency philosophies, the cultures, how they work together, so how they think and how they work, and potentially some campaigns as well. David, thank you very much for joining me here on Sweathead today. Thank you for having me. And also, thank you for supporting us with our report, What Strategists Want. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, or you can Google it, and you can find a very dense report where we surveyed over 120 strategists about what they want from their workplaces. And uh, David was very kind enough to give us some time for that. So, Two months into BBDO in Atlanta, even though you work for BBDO in New York, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling the passion. I love it. Is it weird to change roles in a senior position like that and for it to be in a different city as well? How does that all work? I will say that every role, every new adventure comes with its challenges and opportunities as well. That's why I took this one you get a lot of learnings from your previous roles that you want to incorporate here, but it's also coming to a new culture and understanding that culture and how the teams work. So it's not as much as it feels weird changing from one to the other. It's more about the opportunity to learn new ways of doing things. Because I do believe that it doesn't matter the seniority, you're always learning. Well, you'd hope so. I don't think everybody thinks that way. I think strategists often do, but not all. Some think they have finished pieces of art at a very young age, which is always very interesting. What's been some of the hardest bits of managing teams through the pandemic? And then I guess we could call it post-pandemic times. I think about friends who run teams and you know, I used to run a team and I'm just like, I'm exhausted after two or three hours of Zooms. And some of you are doing like 80 hours a week and you're pitching under pressure. Like, are we going to have to cut a whole bunch of people? Are we going to have to hire a whole bunch of people? What's been the hardest part of managing teams through this time? There is something that is true that is like sitting in front of a computer is definitely not the same as having face-to-face -face time with people. What I do have to say that I feel that collaboration really came through during the pandemic in a sense that you were trying to stay in touch to so many different people and at the same times that you tried to do it in a way that every time that you meet with them was, was really with a purpose to try to make something happen, literally. Although on the flip side, I will say that the advantage that you have when you are in person is that, you know, you can run through someone's office and quickly run an idea by them and get some insights and just keep working. So I'll say that the biggest challenge is just to keep that content alive. It's the most critical piece. I used to get little thoughts together, piece of paper, draw them up, write them up, and then run them around the office and try to get feedback, right? How do you do that on Zoom? Do you have to book a meeting with people? Because just putting your thoughts in Slack, it's not the same. We have teams and you know we're always chatting. I feel like now you have access to people like 24-7. Well, before you weren't from, I don't know, eight to six or something like that. That's good. But at the same time, I felt like you need to incorporate some of those old way of doing things. Like, as I was saying, like I have posted everywhere and I felt like I'm in, in my old office with everything around me. Interesting. All right. 
let's chat about the philosophies of the agencies that you have most recently been in, including the one that you're currently in. VMLYNR, what's the stated creative or even strategy philosophy of the agency? VMLYNR is all about connected brands. And it's a really interesting proposition in terms that is bringing CX and BX together, unified by commerce. BX meaning, you know, everything around brand strategy, CX meaning everything about customer experience, but then how they come together and commerce is at the center driving everything. So it's a very digital oriented agency, but capable of doing amazing work that ultimately is to create these connections with people. That makes sense from a philosophy, but also a positioning point of view, because the age old challenge of digital agencies is like back in the day, don't just see us as like a banner ad factory or don't just see us as a company that makes websites, see us as a company that's fundamental to your business. So that, that makes sense. What about BBDO? How does BBDO talk about its philosophy right now? So BBDO is obsessive with the idea of the work, the work, the work. And what I love about it is that it's what we do that shows the type of thinking that we bring to the table. So the work is what we do every day and reinforces the idea of changing behavior. That's something that attracts me a lot because I do believe that in this industry, we do have the power to change perceptions and ultimately affect behavior in a good way. So that's understanding human behavior and how you use data to get to those insights. It's a really great combination that I'm finding here at BBDO. It's the combination with data, with creativity, with insights. It's really expressed through all the works that they do. At VML YNR, were you working into creative teams that would have the same, I don't know, look and feel or structure as BBDO? Or are you now working into creative teams in a different way? No, I think that the structure is very similar, honestly. Even the interaction that I found on how strategies work with creative at BBDO, it's also similar. I feel like I've been lucky enough to be in agencies that really value strategy, where creative are really used to work and finding a strategy useful. That idea of being visible inside the agency, which by the way, I took from your report as well, it's really coming through here at BBDO and it was coming through them too. I want to dig into this. How do you know when an agency values strategy? It took me a few years wandering around some poor decisions, maybe some average decisions that I made in corporate America to be like, oh, all the things I took for granted in my 20s, they don't exist here. And I kept thinking I could help change it. And it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Not to be defeatist. How do you know when an agency values strategy? So I think that's interesting because if I go back to, I don't know, when I started in this business, I used to feel like strategy was kind of in the background. You know, you were there helping and making the work good and bringing it forward, but you didn't have that sort of relevancy. Nowadays, I actually think that that shifted a lot. And I see that a strategy being relevant, and particularly I see it here at BBDO, because it's not only at the forefront of the creative work, but also during the business side of the work as well. So we're talking about creative strategy. We're talking about business strategy. We're talking about data. And we're talking about playing a role that also helps integrate all other departments and other agencies as well. So I feel like the role growth has been growing a lot. I also have to say, Mark, that that depends on the strategies. There are strategies that like to have that role of just staying in their lane and just doing the good work that they know how to do. But there are others that like to incorporate different pieces of the business to make it bigger. And also, look, I advocate for the strategist and for strategy, and they're separate things. 
but also not all strategists have been trained. Not all strategists are capable. Some are really good. Some aren't. I mean, you know, I'm not advocating for strategy and strategists in the work that I do in a naive way. How do you know if you're on the forefront of creative work or business strategy? Like, what does that feel like? It feels that you're being called to the table all the time in a good way, right? <laughs> it means that you're working with your creative partners and they're looking for you for input and insight. It means that you're working with your account partners and they're looking for you for insights into how to craft a POV for a client. It means that the client is also looking for you, for your advice, uh, that they're seeing at you and pointing out and saying, what do you think? So that's when you start seeing like, oh yes, so there is a relevant role here for a strategy. And that's something that I have to say that I feel a lot. Right. So you're being invited into interactions and into projects. You're being listened to. And then the work you do seems to have a follow through. All the way through. And that's also important. It's not a matter of, hey, yes, we're going to help to push you know, the creative work and then slowly disappear. I feel like a BBDO strategy is from the inception to the execution all the way around. That creates ownership. And I see that through my team. One of the things that I was really impressed when I joined BBDO is that the strength of the team and the ownership they feel for the work they do. Consistent themes, I think, that in all the interviews that we do with people in companies that are doing really effective work is that strategy and strategists, they're just baked into how the company operates. The strategist doesn't have to justify themselves, educate everyone about why they should be put on a project. And the opposite of that is, I, I guess, this sort of like strategy ghosts or strategy phantoms that are, they have these jobs, but they kind of just float around the Zooms and the rooms, but they don't really get to make any impact. And that can be a sad life. Even if you start that life thinking, yeah, I'm going to change this company and you get a few years in and you're like, oh, it's hard. What are the opposite behaviors or what's the opposite situation from being at the forefront? What can that look like? I will say that sometimes you can fall on this trap of just taking a step back and trying to do the entire work by yourself or trying to come up with all the right answers by yourself. That's when you start isolating from everyone else. Though I believe that there is no I in strategy. Strategy is we. Strategy is a combination of minds. And even when you're going into the basics, which is writing a creative brief, it's not your job to do it by yourself. It's your job to go and talk to the right people to find the right answer so you can start building that. And then that thing will take shape with the combination of talking to your other teams, not only on the strategy side, but overall agencies, creative account management, anyone that can help with. So how do the two philosophies of VML, YNR, and BBDO, how do they come to life in, let's say, a creative brief template? So templates is something that, and I'm going to even go back to all my previous agencies, that it seems like there are standards in the way that what are the things that we need to solve for, you know, and you probably have seen this in many templates. The way that they are crafted or delivered, I think that's when each agency brings its own kind of philosophy to it. I will say that at the core of both, in my case and my previous two agencies, it's simplicity and connectivity in terms of what is that we're trying to move? What is that we're trying to change? One of the things that I find more interesting about briefing, I mean, the insight is super important, but it's the question that we're posting. What is the challenge that we're trying to solve for? Sometimes creative crave for that challenge for it. Give me a question that I can answer and then give me the tools to answer those questions. That's when the insights come in. That's when the research comes in, right? So I find it fascinating that 
even though there are differences in the ways that we brief based on each agency philosophy, there are also several similarities that we carry along our ways. I think that has to do with the fact that, you know, there are people that are usually you work in, I don't know, probably three, four agencies in your life or more. So those people start bringing a little bit of everything to that agency. And so it's starting to get like its own combination of things, which I found fascinating. So even though you're only a couple of months into BBDO, is there a different way of working there? So for example, I'd imagine that a digital agency or an agency that has digital in its DNA might be a little bit lower or flatter in hierarchy, a little bit more collaborative, whereas an agency that has done some of the best television-led work in the world might have a few different creative teams that you'd brief and they might compete. Are there any different dynamics that you can point out, obviously, without criticizing? You know, I'm not trying to set you up to criticize anything, but are there any different ways of working that you've already seen? Yes. What I would say is that in terms of hierarchies, I feel like I haven't found that directly. And I don't know if that's something because, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be in these groups that you don't feel it that way. But also I have to say that it's how you manage things. Like for me, an idea can come from anyone. So it doesn't matter if you're a junior planner who are starting or you are like the most senior strategies in it. One of the things that I always tell my team is like, push me, challenge me. I'm not going to have the last answer or the right answer all the time. I want us to debate on that. So that's why I don't feel the hierarchy. Like even in terms of comparing, like if one is digital and the other one, like I feel like they both know everything inside out from a digital or, or broadcast perspective. For me, it's about the ideas. And I do feel like in the case of BBDO, where I'm right now, what I'm feeling is that this thinking about how ideas can proliferate, it doesn't matter the medium and finding that idea that's going to help us there. That's what's really relevant. That's what really matters. And in terms of how I used to work with the teams, I feel like it's similar without getting into details. But yeah. I'm kind of curious about the details because, you know, I've been around for a little bit of time and BBDO is big. For those who don't know, VML, YNR comes from VML and, well, they merged, right? But VML was set up or at least had this airport hangar in Kansas City. I drove past it recently. I was like, there it is. Because I had a friend who was running VML YNR in Australia, Aiden, for a while. And his whole folklore was like, we have like 500 engineers in Kansas City. And I was like, do you really? They're Google quality. That was his pitch to me like a decade ago. And then I drove past it a few months ago. I go, there it is, there it is. But BBDO, you know, some of the folklore might get people to think that it's been a pretty traditional place. You know, the creative department, at least in York, was on a separate floor, I believe, from the other departments. The departments didn't always necessarily gel quite well. The strategist probably post-rationalized quite a bit of work. These are just things that I've heard. I'm not criticizing anyone, right? But I'm just kind of curious to hear, because a lot of strategists are trying to work out where to go. You know, like 42% of them, according to our report, are looking for a place to go and usually to do more meaningful work. And I think a big question a lot of people have on their minds is, well, will the creative department even want me there? Look, I cannot speak about the past. Mike wasn't there. I don't know how it was. But I can tell you that right now, they're all together in the same floor, by the way, in New York. They're creative with strategies, with data, with production. Everyone is together. In Atlanta, we're all integrated, super integrated. So if I reach to my front, I got a creative. If I reach to my back, I got a strategy. And another row, I got a count. But I feel that if you want to do work that move people, ultimately, you come to BBDO. I feel that that's the type of work we do. Forget about the medium, forget about the channel. I think it's focusing on that idea that is ultimately going to change something for the good in the work that we're doing. 
are there different styles of ideas at BBDO compared to VML YNR? Some agencies might lead with really epic Super Bowl like television ads. Some might lead with some kind of software led thinking. Others might be very stunt led. I'll say that they both lead with rooted, inside rooted ideas. They are based on research, they're based on data, and they back up by everything. And the idea can be as big as we want it to be. Like I've been involved in work with BML for the Super Bowl, and hopefully I'm going to be involved with work for the Super Bowl here at BBDO as well, to give you an example, but it just started. But the caliber of the work that I'm seeing coming from the agency right now is just mind-blowing. Ah, smart person. Hey. Pull your mind out of those timesheets for a second and take a look at the Sweathead website. We have three membership levels, starter mode, flight mode, and beast mode. They give you access to a variety of strategy masterclasses, conferences, accelerators, and online learning, some of which has been known to make people cry because they like it, they like it, they feel seen. Make the most of your mind this year or any year and visit www.sweathead.com today. Now back to the interview. Do, 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 do. What about clients? Do they bring different kinds of needs or requests to the different agencies like were clients talking about certain things with the vml ynr that are different from what they would talk about with the bbdo i think it depends on the client like when i was at vml i had clients that wanted to do big broadcasts and just focus on that i had clients that were only on the digital side i had clients big and small there were like a little bit of everything i will say that no big difference there all right. Give us a little bit of compare and contrast as far as the cultures go. So to me, culture is a set of beliefs that connect to a set of behaviors. VML YNR compared to BBDO, what are some of the differences? I feel like you've mostly spoken about similarities, but what are some of the differences? And again, thinking about someone who might be thinking about their next move. I will say that uh, the idea of connected brands is something that is lived inside BML as well. So it's not only a proposition on how we see our work across our clients, it's also how they see their culture inside as well. That idea that connectivity and collaboration across offices, it's really strong. I remember that when I got there, that was a surprise for me. Like, wow, like before the pandemic, and I think that that's why the pandemic didn't fail as much when we were collaborating on our laptops, because that's the culture they used to have before. Collaborative interagency culture. It is interesting when you stumble upon that, because if you're in a holding agency, a global network, like you're in a network. So technically speaking, you might or probably should, could have access to lots of other offices, but it doesn't always happen. That's why I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, like I'm working with a strategy in New York and a creative in Kansas City and I'm in Atlanta and we are collaborating for a client that might be in Washington. I don't know, right? I'm making that up right now. But it's that collaborative thing and the sense that you could always go to someone in the network to find help. So that was really cool about that. Coming here to BBDO, you find that collaboration as well. I will say that one of the things that is really strong about BBDO is the integration with creativity. Like strategy and creative are one. And I just love that. They're one in a way that, yes, strategy do their work, creative do their work, but they're always in constant communication in a way that it feels like they're partners. You know, like the copy has it, our director, well, just put a strategy there. And they're like trios, basically moving around. I feel that that's really powerful. And that's why you see the type of work that you see coming out of BBDO. 
talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, I want to hear the things that aren't obvious that you need to experience day by day, the little things that make you feel that strategy and creative or the creative department, the strategist and the creative department are connected. What, what happens? I will say that when creative comes to you, not because of a creative brief or all that, which is a typical thing, right? Uh, but more about helping them find the stories that we want to tell together and how we can craft them in a way that is going to feel unique to our audiences and it's going to help sell the work as well to our clients. Let's not forget that then comes also account management in a way that really helps us bring that business understanding to it. I feel like it's more of those conversations that you don't need to wait for things to happen, but you look for them together. You know what? It's difficult to express. It's something that I live inside of it every day. That way of all of, all of us just moving together towards the same goal, it does feel a little bit different rather than, hey, here's the brief, do the work. Hey, I have a question and I answer that question and everyone just keep their own path. Yeah, because I would say 10 plus years ago. And again, it's not, not a dis, not criticism. It's awesome to hear how things have changed. Because the first place I interviewed, actually, when I didn't move to New York, but when I visited was at BBDO and it felt very formal and I was a bit like, oh, I was a bit intimidated by it. And the creatives were on one floor and everyone was on another floor. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's, regardless of whether they would have offered me a job, I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm a digital guy. I like being next to people I'm working with and I hate jockeying through the hierarchy. But what I love to do is to talk about the little things because you don't realize how good it is sometimes until you go somewhere where the little thing that you took for granted doesn't exist. But it sounds like compared to back in the day with some agencies that were more formal where a strategist might have had to ask to be allowed to go to the next floor to talk to the creative team, you might get to brief them or the account person would brief them. And then there are these very formal check-ins and you have to go through traffic to get access to people. Like there was a real, in some places I've heard, <laughs> there was a real separation and looking down upon on strategy in lots of big agencies that we're all familiar with. But it sounds like the opposite is currently now happening, at least in your experience, where there's a proximity, there's like an, a, a yearning to have strategy involved with all the work, right? Yes. And even what you're saying about the floor, it's interesting. Again, I never visited that agency like 10 years ago, but I have visited in this past month and they're all together. I want to be really clear. It's not criticism. I just sometimes I have physical reactions to certain environments that I'm in and uh, New York agencies will make me, they, they trigger me a little bit. Some of them, not yours, but some of them I walk into and they feel really soulless. And then I look around and I see people working there. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you have to come here to work. This does not feel okay. It feels like the accountants designed this whole thing. Can you talk about a campaign or two or a piece of work that you did at VML YNR that you were around or that you admired from that company that has been very effective? I will say that the work that we have been or they have been doing that I was part with for the U.S. Navy has been really, really interesting. The U.S. Navy came to VML YNR looking for a new approach to target their audience. And as you can, as you might imagine, like, there is no more difficult audience than that one because you're recruiting Gen Cs who wants to work for technology companies and or they want to be independent. And here comes this powerful military entity into place. Like, what do you got to offer? And it's that idea of how the transformation process happened from something that was, by the way, something very like heavy and broadcast in all ways of communication to a completely transformation of the brand to be completely digital, getting into gaming and really understanding the audience and speaking to them in a way that was never possible before. Just to give you a good example, like the entire positioning is around being forged by the sea, 
But the core of the idea is to bring to life the people inside the Navy or the people who makes the Navy and break those barriers of future recruits that might be thinking like, I don't have the strength or I don't have the physical power to it or that's too tough for me. When in reality, I mean, the possibilities are ending when you join something like that. You're talking about technologies, you're talking about doctors, you're talking about mathematicians, you're talking about brain power, literally brain power and how it develops inside. And the way that we were communicating and using the channels, like using Snapchat to recruit people or getting into esports with a team from the Navy. So it seems like you wouldn't imagine like something like the US Navy will get into that. And it's been really, really effective for them in terms of recruiting. It's been interesting to see the military, the different arms communicate in the US over the years. I mean, the US military is number one in size, right, compared to any other country. And I think if you're outside of the US, it's hard to understand how central the military is to so much of this country. In Australia, we have a march every year, the Anzac Day Parade. But generally speaking, unless you have family or friends who are in the military, you don't hear a lot about the military. Every now and then, you know, the Australian Army trains people in various parts of the world. You hear that sort of stuff, but it's not as mainstream, or at least it wasn't when I was there compared to the US, where the military industrial complex is massive and very powerful and a big part of the export business here. But it is interesting because I think I've seen ads or campaigns where there's been a comparison between video gaming and being in the military or communication about taking personal responsibility, which is a big, big message that's been out there in the world of especially masculinity and like joining the military to become more of who you could be as a human. And then the third thing you were touching on there is like, it's not just about fighting. It could be about working with computers or doing all kinds of things, but they're the three threads that I feel I've been seeing a lot of in the past few years. In the report, we actually quote you. I'm going to read out this report and then I'll give you a question. You say, we're so immersed in our laptops, deliveries, and social media that we have forgotten to hit the streets talk to strangers, go out and observe people in their day-to-day. When I started in this business, we used to go out to the stores and ask people random questions. If you want insights, you must leave your house or office. So there's David Moreno with an Australian accent. Can you think of, for the military, if you've got a story, can you think of some research that you did that was real life research away from computer? Love to hear about it. No, definitely. There is a lot of ethnography research that happened at the high school and college level like really getting and talking to the people who are going to be, to Gen Z's, who are going to be the future recruits of them, and really understanding what are the barriers that they're seeing to consider something like the U.S. Navy. What we found was really, really interesting in terms of, is that people like me? Like, there are so simple questions, like uh, you will hear like people asking, if I have tattoos, can I join the Navy? Or can I wear heels? Like, if I join the Navy? Basically, can I be myself if I join the Navy? And, you know, based on that, they develop a series of podcasts, or actually, or kind of a documentary that was called Faces of the Fleet. And it was showing how the Navy people, their fathers, there are tattoo artists that love their tattoos. There is people who are models or have been participants in, in beauty queens. So it's a matter of you can bring your whole self to that idea. But we uncovered that because people were afraid that they couldn't be themselves in there. It's really, really interesting when you actually go out and experiment that. And I'm not talking about focus groups. I'm talking about being where they are 
and experience the things they experience. And that's another reason why Navy has become so experiential in terms of bringing the Navy to where they are. I had the opportunity to go to one of the college here and, and they have like a whole set with VR so for people could experience what it's like to live in the Navy. I like when brands go out there and really go to where people is instead of people looking for the brand. Awesome. Look, I know you're only two months at BBDO, but can you think of a campaign either that you admired from the outside or one that you've heard about since joining that has been very effective, something that we could hear about, learn about? Sure, Mark. I admire everything that they have done with M&Ms. Of course, it's always at the center of conversation. I think that it's been really cool how M&Ms, it's so relevant nowadays, and it's a brand that has been there forever. So again, it's finding ways to connect in deeper levels with their audiences. I will say that the work that I'm seeing for the Home Depot is, is just amazing as well. The level of the brand work on how they're trying to connect with the people to build the future of the brand, it's really, really interesting. They recently launched a spot, by the way, that it's aimed to female doers to celebrate all the females that really go there and get their hands there in DIY work because there are many in the field. It's just unbelievable. Have you been personally involved with writing an effectiveness case study or an effectiveness award show entry? Yes, actually with the Navy and uh, Georgia Power at VML. And then when I was at Leo Burnett, we did it with Allstate as well. Allstate, that insurance? The insurance company. Got it, got it. How long would you and the team spend on getting an FE entry together? It is quite a process. I remember in my previous agency, we started like at least six months ahead like of that entry, you know, deadline that always keeps moving. You know, it's quite an interesting exercise because I feel like the power of effectiveness, or at least when judge are reading a case, it comes down to your ability to say everything that you need to say in that summary at the beginning, because you need to pick interest. If you don't pick interest, it's hard to get someone to read, I don't know, the 50 pages of the entry, right? All the pages that are in the entry. And it goes back to something that we talked at the beginning. It's about the challenge. Like, tell me what was the most interesting challenge that you were trying to solve here and what was the insight you came up with? And then tell me the story and how it came to life. It's an exercise that we also do a lot with everyone involved in the account, take a stab at it, basically. Like we start macro and then we start like, we create like our own judges and coaches inside, or that's the ways that we used to work on it. And it's interesting because you go through this process that you feel like you are competing inside the agency also for the EFI. And that prize is the submission, basically. <laughs> yes, I relate. I've never done an EFI. I've done APG award entry for McDonald's, but the EFIs, I was always like, oh, it's too much effort, too much effort. And, and so get the people who are really good at the EFIs to do that because I, I got other stuff to do. I'm already working 60 hours, you know. Starting the story with high stakes and then potentially raising the stakes is a pretty common award entry trope, especially in the APG Creative Strategy Award entries. They often have this pattern where it's like, here's the brief that the client gave us. We wrestled with it a little bit. We did a bit of research. We couldn't crack it. And then we were really sad. But then we realized that the problem we needed to solve was a completely different problem. And you know that's where the rest of the story starts, right? You tried that technique? You use those techniques? Probably, I'm not going to lie. Yes, it's a common technique. For me, ultimately, what I learned in the past years is that what is the challenge that is not only unique to the brand, but also unique to the category that you are in? It can make it interesting. 
It's not necessarily a matter of we started this way and then we found out this is and it changed the challenge and now we have this amazing campaign. It's like, no, just go straight forward. Like the category has been about X, Y, and Z. Our challenge just goes beyond that and it's about a different thing. And we are aiming not only to move people to our brand or whatever it is that we're looking to do, but it's also changing the convections of the category. That's when I think it's starting to get interesting. Cool, cool. And then to paraphrase you back to yourself, the way that you've experienced getting an FE together is a group of people get an outline together or multiple outlines together and there's internal coaching and you have to convince internal people that your entry is good enough to enter. That's what happens. Yeah. So we start like the strategy lead usually take a step on writing that first version that it's mostly the summary. It's not the entire version. It's mostly the summary. And then it gets together with a coach. It's partnered with a coach that helps on the writing. And what I like about it is that the coach might not know anything about that specific brand or campaign that you are putting in there. So it won't, because at the end of the day, you're talking to people in the jury that they don't know anything about your campaign. So how do you pick that interest? So with that in mind, that coach is partnered with that and it helps with the writing style and what it what we're looking for from there you have several check-ins in terms of how we start developing the story okay and how are clients typically involved or how have clients typically been involved because they've got to release some numbers don't they yes they do and at the end of the day it's their brand that you're putting out there so you need your approval so once we figure out that we have a case that is worth contending in the effort we go to the client and walk them through what we have at hand and how we are positioning this. Just to make sure that feels comfortable, still in line with what we created, because we don't want to put something that was not what we intended at the beginning and get their buy-in on it. So we bring them along the process kind of in the middle. What are the benefits of getting an FE case study together? Let's talk about winning an FE. How does it help a strategist? How does it help a company and maybe even the client relationship? How does it help those things to just even get an entry together? There are two main things for me. One, writing skills. Because, I mean, you need to be super sharp with the language. You not only need to be right, but you also need to find those specific aspects that feels unique to the brand that only if you know that brand inside out, you're going to be able to do it. When we're talking also about writing skills, it's your ability to simplify, which is key for a strategy. So I feel like it's a really good training tool, actually, for strategies starting in the business, by the way. And the second thing is the integration piece. Look, in an EFI, you need to bring together how the creator story came to life. You need to talk about why you choose that channel plan to bring it to life as well. So it's when you start also interacting again with all these other departments that conform the agency and really putting your brains together to get to a something that is relevant. So I found that those two specific aspects are really relevant for training even. For strategy. All right. So having been in, well, even you mentioned Leo Burnett earlier, having, having been in agencies that have a history of making pretty effective work and winning awards for making effective work, what do you think has to happen in the culture and the process of an agency to help it make effective work? First, it starts with passion. Everyone needs to be invested in what we're doing. You said it, you know, sometimes there are this ghost, and it's not only on the strategy side, it can be in any other department. But when you have a team that is invested on what they're doing, it makes the difference. It goes even back to what I was saying before, that sense of ownership into what you are doing. 
I feel that that's the number one thing for this to work inside agencies. The other thing is that there also needs to be passion from the agency side or commitment from the agency side on pushing this. I don't believe that awards are just for the sake of, hey, let's just find awards. It's cool. It's more than that. It speaks about your reputation. It speaks about the type of work that you do. And it's also a recruiting tool as well for agencies. It's something that later helps you build business cases that you can go and use in your new business pitches as well to demonstrate the type of work that you do. So I do think that at least in the case of the FEC, it's powerful in that sense. I know a lot of people criticize awards in general, creative, just generally speaking, you know, some companies say we don't enter awards. It's just about the client's work and all of that. But awards are very focusing. And once you start to pick up a few, they can create exponential energy that you can draw dividends from for years to come, whether it makes it easier to hire great talent or a little cheaper to hire great talent or easier to attract clients, to pitch clients, to keep clients, to get clients to do braver work. There's an exponentiality to awards, right? Winning awards. It's like a snowball effect, basically, right? If you ask me, like, then that's one of the reasons why I choose to go to BBDO because it's not just because they have thousands of awards. It's because the work itself speaks about the thinking and the type of process that they have inside. So I was like, that must be really, really interesting. I want to be part of that process. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today on Sweathead. And also thanks for being a part of the report, What Strategists Want From Work. Google it. I'll put the link in the show notes if you haven't read it yet. For what it's worth, David, you're a psychologist who's turned into a brand strategist. And I think a lot of people would be interested in that journey. But maybe we talk about that another time. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to hassle you or, I don't know, read things that you might write if you write on the internet? Yeah, I mean, you can look at LinkedIn or uh, Instagram or Twitter. Those are the main platforms that I'm on. My handle on Twitter is the same as Instagram is at Moreno, which is my last name, Moreno D81. Moreno D81, perfect. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for being a part of the report and for being here with me on Sweathead today. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend, subscribe to our newsletter, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sweathead. And if you're interested in finding out about our strategy memberships, company training or books, visit sweathead.com. Whoop, whoop.